Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. But I'm excited to jump back into this series on favor. We talked about favor in the beginning of the year. Every year we have a word and we believe that the word of God for this house and for the people who call Project Church their home and the people who just come and visit, it is favor because the people of God are favored. But sometimes favor doesn't feel like favor. And sometimes we go through hardships and trials where we're like, am I favored? And so let me open up the scripture to where we really got this uh, this concept and this idea and this truth, really, about the favor of God. And it's introduced to us by Jesus himself um, in Luke 4, 17 through 19. So let me read it. And so Jesus, a scroll, was, a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. And he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is talking about himself. He came, he is the good news. What he did and the plan that was set in motion from the moment he stepped on this earth was to give us a rescue plan from the demise that our sins would bring us. And he's saying, I have come. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm anointed to share the good news that I'm gonna set you free. You're gonna find life. You're gonna find freedom. You're not gonna be in bondage any longer to the sins or to the guilt or to the hurts of this world. You're gonna have sight after you've been blessed blinded and you've been walking around this world aimlessly without purpose. You don't know where to go. You don't know the next step to take. He's saying, I am the Lord who is anointed to give you the favor on your life. He came to set us free. That's Jesus. If you want to know the message here at Project Church every week, week in and week out is about Jesus. The message today is about Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. And how many people have heard that Jesus is the reason for the season? I don't know about you, but I think some Filipinos in the house might understand me, but it is September. And then there's October. And then there's November. And then there's December. December. It's the burr months, y'all. And that means it's time to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> Some of you are like, really? Yes, I love Christmas. My name is Mary Chris. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yep, that's the joke. Mary Chris, okay. Um, but Christmas, it's Christmas. I'm so excited that it's Christmas time. And you're like, what? Yes, we in that Cole household, well, at least my kids and I, Caleb said not until after Halloween, whatever. <laughs> September 1st, we celebrate Christmas. And just so happened that Charlie got sick a couple weeks ago. And, you know, when you're sick, sometimes you're like, is this the favor of the Lord? Is the favor of the Lord still on me? And when I asked her, like, what do you want to do when, you know, you're home from school? You know, what, what do you want to do? What would give you comfort? She said, I want to watch Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> and can I just say, she is actually my daughter. And because we brought Christmas into the house, there was favor upon my sick daughter. <laughs> 
<laughs> that worked out really perfectly, but sometimes favor doesn't feel like favor. But when Christmas is in the house, when Jesus is in this house, when we recognize that Jesus isn't just celebrated on the 25th of December, and maybe not just the Burr months, but all year long, we recognize the favor of God that is in our lives. The favor that comes upon us because his spirit is upon us all year long. Favor comes not because we earn it, because those, but because those who embody Jesus embody favor. When we've accepted into our life, when he becomes our Lord, when we surrender to him, we embody his presence. The spirit is upon us. But when we forget the favor of Jesus on our lives, we distance ourselves from the destiny he has from us, for us. I will say that again, sir. When we forget our favor in Jesus, we distance ourselves from our destiny. You know, I read this quote um, from the Desiring God website by John Piper, and he says this, we yawn before Christ because we do not give ourselves time to wonder. We yawn before Christ. Can I just tell you that Jesus is amazing? The reason why this church exists is because of him, and he will always be our message. But when I'm going to go into some scriptures in Hebrew, and I want you to understand where Hebrews is coming from. We're not sure who the author is, but it's a scripture, it's a book that is written to those, some who know Jesus in mind, but don't know him in heart. Some who are believers who have accepted him as, um, you know, the Messiah and accepted that he is um, God incarnate. They've accepted Jesus completely. They know that in their minds, but they don't walk it out in their hearts. And so that's many of us here today. I think sometimes there's moments where we're like, Sundays are kind of dutiful. I should go to church. I should go to community group. I should... It's not like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to be in his house. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say to me. You know, we think about our motions and our mundane operations as Christmas Christians. Christmas, oh, that's good. I like it. <laughs> and we, we, we're like, oh, I got to read my Bible. I should read my Bible. I should pray. You know that 21 days of you know, prayer and fasting? I should do that. And it becomes this oh, laborious thing. And this thing to check off a list. And it's like, why are we no longer saying, I can't wait to hear what he's going to tell me when I go to First Wednesdays. I can't wait to hear what he tells me through his scriptures where he is alive and he's revealing himself to me. I can't wait to meet with my Savior. And I wonder if it's because we've drifted. Some of us are yawning before Christ because we do not give ourselves time to wonder. Can I tell you, it is okay to have wonder. Last week, Caleb and I, we went to Disneyland. We were given two free tickets, and to be honest, we didn't have three more tickets, the budget for that, <laughs> so we went by ourselves, you know? <laughs> so we're like, peace out, kiddos! <laughs> and we enjoyed <laughs> Disneyland by ourselves. And so the night before we left, there was this kind of awkward moment where we're like, man, normally we 
we're preparing for the wonder of what they're going to see. And they're excited about all of these things that they're going to say. And we're trying to facilitate this for our kids and this experience. And we'll make sure that we get on these rides. We'll, we'll be sure we get the lightning passes. There are no more lightning passes. You have to pay extra anyways. Just a side note for you to know. But it, it, we're like so excited for them. But then we're kind of like, since the kids aren't here, we already know Disney. We've done Disney. So then we were like, we are going to conquer Disney. We're going to see how many rides. We don't have to wait for the kids. They are not going to be as many bathroom breaks. We are just going to run till we are blue in the face. And we're just going to enjoy every second of it in the sweltering 98 degrees heat. A relief from Sacramento, I know. But we're there. And like, I'm telling you, on, on uh, the first morning when we went to Disneyland, it was and not, we didn't even hit California Adventure yet, but we hit five of the like main cool rides, Star Wars, all those rides in an hour and a half. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but legit, I mean, we conquered. But you know what Disney became for us? It became something to be conquered and something to achieved. And there was a little bit of wonder lost. And I wonder if we've lost some of our wonder in Christ because we're no longer sharing our faith with others. Why would we share our faith if we're not in wonder of who Christ is? Why would we share our faith if we're not in wonder of who he is and what he did for us? He has been relegated to the genie in our own bottle that when we rub it, we want to get the outcome, not even in our lives, but in our faith life. And I wonder if God is just saying, can we wonder a little bit more? Do you know me in heart, but not in, do you know me in your mind and not in your heart? Because this is what the Hebrews are experiencing. So what the author does, and I love this, is the author shows us who Jesus is. If you want to study some scripture and have a revelation of Jesus's love and mercy, that's what Hebrews is all about. And I want to just open up this scripture, Hebrews 1, 3. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You might think... She opened with a scripture. That's where I kind of like check out and that's where I like um, make sure I'm ready for, to hear the other good ideas that the speaker might have. But can I tell you, if we just read that, I could be done. This holds way more weight than any speaker that speaks from this pulpit. Can I tell you again? He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. We're seeing here that there are two metaphors for who Jesus is. God poured out all of himself into a human. So Jesus is the son, but he's, so, he's as far as from the sun as the rays are from the sun. Jesus are the rays of the sun. And then he talks about the exact imprint of his nature. When kings, they, when they close up their um, communication in a paper, they use an insignia and they put some wax on the paper and they, they imprint their ring and their insignia in that wax. And Jesus is the print from God, the insignia, right in the wax. He is God incarnate. Are you not in wonder 
of who Jesus is, because of God of the universe who, who upholds the universe by the word of his power. He spoke the word, the, this world and universe into existence. And he holds together everything that happens. He holds our breath. He holds our bodies. He holds the universe, all the traffic, all the buildings. He holds it all, every animal, every creature. He holds it all by the power of his word. Are we not in wonder of Jesus today? If you're here yawning, I may be boring, but the scripture is not, and Jesus is not. He upholds the universe by the word of his power, and he then, it carries on. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Purification of sins, can I tell you, that we should be in wonder that he has forgiven us our sins, our past, our present, our future. I don't need to elevate my voice for that to sink in your heart and spirit today. He has purified our sins. We should be in wonder. I'm in wonder that he holds the universe. He holds my life. He's purified my sins. When was the last time you were in awe of Jesus? Did you know we have access to him every single day? Not just in the next 21 days that we're praying, but we have access to him every single day, every single moment. And he desires, he desires to reveal himself to you. When was the last time you were in wonder? Why do you think we lose our wonder? That's a good question. We see here that the, the people of God, they've lost their wonder of who he is. They've lost the meaning of their salvation. It says this in Hebrews 2, 1, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Have you ever drifted in your faith? Have you drifted away from God? It's imploring us. The author is imploring us. We must pay closer attention to what we have heard. Does it say that we need to do more to be more righteous? Does it say we need to be at church more? Does it say that we need to stop cursing? No, it says we need to pay more attention. That requires nothing for you to do requires you to become more aware. We've got to become more aware of his presence in our lives. I believe that so many of us are drifting because so many of us get distracted. I get distracted when I preach sometimes because my brain works that way and I'm not going to call it three letters, but it perhaps is. It starts with A and ends in D. But sometimes we get distracted. And when we're distracted, honestly, if it's not because of the condition in our brains, like me, sometimes it's just because we think that what we're being distracted by is more worth our time. This is not to put condemnation. I'm telling you, I, I'm a distracted person. 
myself. But there's moments where I think we like to blame the enemy for distracting us when sometimes it's just like, let's, you know, like the notifications on my phone keep on popping up when I'm trying to read my Bible. The notifications keep on coming up because I am just so like, I, I, I'm reminded of the things that do work. So then I have to open my email and I have to do blah, 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 And it's like, turn off the notifications. The devil didn't do that. Did the devil take your finger away from you? No. That was intense. <laughs> Did the devil take your finger away from you? <laughs> sometimes when we're distracted, we think those things are more important. And sometimes we get disillusioned. So has anybody ever been disillusioned? Disillusioned is when hard things happen in our lives and ultimately we're saying, God, it's not fair. God, you shouldn't have. God, really, you allowed that? <sighs> I don't know if I can put my trust in you. I don't know if I can be devoted to someone like you. You allowed all that? So when we become disillusioned, we're actually saying this shouldn't be. The way I would have done it would have been better. We become distracted, disillusioned, and sometimes we're just devastated. Devastated, that, we're just saying it's too hard. I just can't. And can I tell you, it's okay if we experience some of those moments, but when we give our distractions to him, when we give our disillusionment to him, when we give our devastation to him, we see things through another light. When we sit with those things that have happened instead of trying to work our way away from those problems, when we sit in the presence of God and give him our disillusionment, give him our devastation, give him our distraction, then everything changes. Because he's saying, just become more aware of me. Don't look at the problem. See from my perspective. God is greater than our distraction. He's greater than our disillusionment. And when we spend time in his presence, he says, I want to reveal something new to you about me. You know, I, our spiritual formation pastor, Alex, she was just talking this morning to our team and she was talking about how her friend, Michelle, one of our board members, asked her every birthday, what have you learned about God this year that you didn't know the year before? It's a great question to ask on your birthday because that is ultimately why we live and breathe today, to know God more. It's not so that we can have an outcome. It's not so that we can have the desired life and figure out our purpose. It's to be with Jesus. He is our greatest reward. His presence is the greatest thing that we can experience. And I believe that he's calling us. He's drawing us in and he's saying, don't worry about that distraction. It's not the enemy. Don't worry about that false belief about who I am. Don't worry about that devastation. Give it to me and I will give you something new about me. And I promise you, it will leave you hopeful. Knowing who Jesus is and knowing and giving him our wonder and not giving in to the things that keep us out of wonder, the allowing ourselves to drift. Man, God's saying, just learn more about me and you'll stay right there. You'll stay exactly in the center of my will. You know, the point of Hebrews really is just to elevate Jesus and to say that he is superior to anyone or anything and he's worthy of our, all of our trust and devotion. And when we spend time in his presence and we choose not to drift, and when we choose to course correct, 
everything changes. But so how do we stay in wonder? I wonder. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> how do we stay in wonder? It says this in chapter 2, verse 3. After it says, pay more, much at close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. And then it carries on. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? How should we escape drifting? If, and it's partly so that we need to remember the greatness of God and the greatness of what he did and what salvation actually means. How do we escape distraction and devastation? Perhaps it's realizing what Jesus did. Perhaps it's realizing what salvation actually means. Salvation is all about what Jesus did. He saved us. He rescued us. The reason for the season is that Jesus rescued us. And therefore, it's a really important question. Everybody say, therefore. When you're reading scripture, therefore is such an important, paramount word for you to, to read because you have to understand that it's telling you to do something, therefore this truth or this action or this instruction because of everything that came before the word therefore. And there are so many therefores in, Rome, or in Hebrews that I want you to read, but I'm gonna camp on two of them. And essentially what the author is doing in Hebrews is telling us everything that had happened before Jesus came and why Jesus is superior to all the things that happened in the past that we would think is what we could build our faith on. For instance, chapters one through two, it's the, the, the author is telling us that Jesus is, Jesus is greater than the angels. The angels are the ones who gave um, and relayed some information over to Moses so that he can write the covenant, right? The, the old covenant. And, he, and, he, and the angels were the ones who were with God in heaven. And the angels were the ones who just, who were with God. And it's so amazing that the angels were this and that. And I mean, we can glorify some of these angels sometimes. I mean, they're all up in our pictures too, right? But what the author is telling us is that Jesus is greater than the angels because when Jesus came, we had direct access to, Jesus, to God. We didn't have to hear from the angels. It's the angels who shared things with Moses. Chapters one and two, listen, Jesus is greater and more superior than the angels. Chapters two through three, we're again, we're just talking about Moses. Jesus is greater than Moses. Well, everybody thought Moses was the greatest thing. I mean, he gave us the Mosaic law. He was the one who could hear God's voice. He appeared to, to Moses through a burning bush. We, he heard the audible voice of God. But since Jesus came, we can hear God for ourselves. Because Jesus died on a cross and his Holy Spirit came to be with us, we are empowered by the Spirit and we have a close connection with God through Jesus. So chapters two and three, we're greater. Jesus is greater than Moses. Then chapters four through seven, it talks about Jesus being greater than the priests. Back in that day in the Old Testament, you see that people had to make sacrifices and give burnt offerings. And they had to, that's how they worshiped Jesus. And that's how they were purified. And that's how they became righteous. And so they would give the priests all these things and the priests would accept them. But then the priests were imperfect. So the priests had to do all the same sacrifices. and every annual and yearly and weekly sacrifice had to be made, including the priests. 
the priests who were the ones who had access to the inner courts, the Holy of Holies. But since Jesus came on the scene and when he died on a cross, we had direct access. We don't have to any longer go through a priest. Do you hear that Jesus is greater than the priests? And then Jesus is greater than the sacrifice of the priests. The sacrifices that the priests made, man, it's like, oh, those holy people, they're making the sacrifices. They're, they are holy. They are superior. They are the superior humans who have direct access to Jesus. But when Jesus came on the earth, when he died and rose again, we no longer had to make any sacrifice. Jesus was the greatest sacrifice. So all these things, Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than the priest. Jesus is greater than any sacrifice. And because Jesus is greater and superior to all those, therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore, chapters 10, 19 through 15, 25, excuse me. Therefore, brothers, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places of the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Let's, verse 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, of our hope. Therefore, have hope. Therefore, draw near. Therefore, don't neglect a meeting together as some are in the habit of doing and encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, don't neglect to be in his presence. Don't neglect coming to church. Don't neglect going to your community group. Don't connect going to those believers who you know are gonna encourage you and are going to correct you don't neglect gathering of the saints because the presence of God moves when two or three are gathered in his name therefore draw near draw near to his course draw near to his temples draw near to the people of God you know sometimes I think we distance ourselves from people when we go through hard times and some people who are going through hardships, they think, man, the enemy is just trying to create pain in my life. And they think that pain is the mission of the enemy, but his, his, his goal is not pain. Because we see that pain happens and it produces character, it pr produces perseverance, it produces great things in our lives. And you're like, dang it, really? Gosh, yes, it does. But the goal of the enemy is to distance you from God. That's why he's saying, therefore, draw near. Therefore, draw near. And then in chapter 11, I told Caleb, man, I just want to preach all of Hebrews, and I am. So Hebrews 11, we hear the hall of faith. Everybody that has served God and everyone who are commended for their faith in God. We see all these people, right? And then it comes to the word therefore in Hebrews 12, one, two, therefore, since we are surrounded by the Noahs, the Moseses, the Davids, by all these amazing men and women of God, because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that distracts, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He is a good God. 
throw off all that hinders, throw off all that distracts, throw off the sin that so easily entangles, not because you're supposed to do that, but because you want to be close to him. And sin separates us. But when the righteousness of God comes up upon us, we're so close to him, so close to him. He's as close as our skin. It's the presence of God. Now, what other religion, now what other king, what other Lord would say, don't do more, but just be with me more. Let me tell you, what you experience in worship today is just a glimpse of what God wants to do every single day of your life. It's a glimpse. I want to see this church open up their Bibles in their private times and be exploded and so overwhelmed with the revelation of him that you can't stop crying, you can't stop laughing, you can't stop being full of joy, and you experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what happens when we open up the word. That's why I want you to be in the next 21 days of prayer and fasting because something changes. The God of the universe isn't asking you to achieve, isn't concerned about the outcome. He is concerned about being near and he's concerned about your obedience because your obedience brings you closer to him. It's about nearness to Jesus. If there's nothing else that you take from this message, I want you to hear about one thing. Somebody say one thing. One thing. You've heard the story when Jesus was going to visit Martha and Mary in their home. And Martha is running crazy. You know, you know those people who are just kind of stress heads and they're like going all over the place. Make sure the place is perfect. Okay, that's me. Every time guests come to my house. Canaan told me this week, he's like, I don't think you would be yelling if people weren't coming over later. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. <sighs> So Martha, it says this, that when Jesus came and entered the village, a woman, Martha, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And we, she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? It sounds like my boys. When I asked them to clear the table or clear the dishwasher, they're like, Mom, Charlie's doing nothing. I'm like, I know, she's the youngest and she's the only girl and I favor her. I, I hope she's not as well. I don't think she will be, but I'm just saying like, I, I let her off on a lot of stuff, okay? I'm like, I'm sorry, boys. I know, I know, I know. I'll let her do the dishes with you. Charlie, help them. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she was annoyed. She's left me alone. Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, Canaan, Kai, <laughs> just kidding. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. One thing, this isn't a parable to correct, to necessarily draw shame or, you know, punish Martha. This is for us to see and become more aware of what God, his heart wants. And that, that's you, that's, he wants to be with you. He wants to be near to you. He wants Mary to be there where he can, where she can hear his teachings and his words and his person. 
this one thing, Psalm 27, 4, is written by David, the quintessential worship leader and the person who we should emulate our preaching or our, our worship after. He's an imperfect man, but he was a man after God's own heart. And it says this in Psalm 27, 4, one thing, somebody say it, one thing, I have desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. You're like, I knew it. She just wants us to be at church more. No, it's for you to be in his presence and to take what you learn here and to experience it with on your own. So where you're not only hearing my words, sometimes I think we overteach. We over hope for you guys. And all I want to say to you is I don't want to tell you or give you more instruction. I just want you to be with Jesus. Experience his presence. Experience his hope. It doesn't require more of you, but surrender to his will and his way. Man, when we're in his presence, when we're in his presence, we don't always see problems anymore. We're just starting to receive his presence, receive his perspective. When we're in God's presence, there's a reception that happens. We receive more of him. We receive revelation of him. It's not always us talking at him. We talk at him too much. Some of us need to just listen. And when we can listen from him, we're receiving from him. We're receiving comfort, we're receiving strategy, we're receiving hope, we're receiving peace. And when there's reception, that moves to devotion. And when you taste and see that God is good, you say, he is worthy of my devotion. He is worthy of my time. He is worthy of my attention. I'm not gonna drift, I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm not gonna be disillusioned. I'm not gonna stay in my devastation. I'm gonna experience him and devote myself to him. And when devotion comes, Comes, that's when submission comes. Because when he asks us to do something that we've never done before or that we're hesitant to do, when we're so devoted to him, our submission comes and we're no longer concerned about the outcome of our life, but we're concerned with the obedience that it requires of us. His presence brings us reception, devotion, and submission. When we do this, I believe that we're counted the greatest in the kingdom just like children are. The children, they just wanted to be near to Jesus. Matthew 18, four, whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Do you desire his presence today? Are you in wonder of what he's done? And are you in wonder of his goodness? Let me go back to some of the devastations that some of us have experienced. I'll tell you right now, I've experienced some hardships and I actually realized that a year ago today, and I, some of you have heard this story, others haven't, was the year that I was in the ER for my lockjaw. Does anybody remember that story? Some of you are laughing, that's okay. Totally just get something for my harm, it's fine. <laughs> just kidding. So what happened, Short to make a long story short, um, I had opened my mouth so wide <laughs> This is kind of funny to say, actually. So wide that it's stuck there. Long story short, everybody open their mouths real quick. Just want you to do it real quick. And imagine having your mouth open that wide for seven and a half hours. Yeah, I was panicking, freaking out. They finally sedated me and then they closed my jaw. And when I look back on that time and I look back on their hardship and there were other things happening, 
I was like, oh my goodness, this was a threat of the enemy to shut me up. Because they were starting to tell me they found an infection. They were starting to tell me we need to do a biopsy. They told me that they're, you know, you're probably going to have to have your wire, your mouth wired shut. I didn't go into this much detail. You might have to have your wire, your mouth wired shut. The infection is probably going to increase and then it's going to grow. It's going to expand. And then we may have to do reconstructive surgery. <laughs> and I was like, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're the youngest in the family I am, you make jokes in very, you know, serious moments. And I was like, okay, if you can get me a jawline like Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, I literally said this to the doctor. Then it's fine. But I go home devastated. And I realized that, man, the enemy was trying to shut me up. And our mouth carries authority. And if the enemy can shut us up and not give us the ability to share the testimony of God and what he has done in our lives and the goodness of who he is, then he thinks he wins but I didn't even go in for the biopsy. The Holy Spirit said, it's nothing, Chrissy. No pain, all gone, everything's normal, no infection. And I realized a year ago, I was really upset. I was totally inconvenienced. The whole year was bad, honestly, 2021. Everybody's heard of me talk about it. A lot of things were happening with a lot of other people that just was not fair. It was not fair. But then I see that he has used the things of that year to produce good this year. And I'm here to declare that he's a good God. And the enemy will not win in your life. He's taking ground in some of our lives and no longer today is a day that we submit in his presence and we say no to the enemy. Victoria, I have to share the story. I have a friend here. She's out friend from out of town, and I met her because her brother was one of my best friends in college. And I'm only sharing this because you're here, but I feel like it's a testimony of God. He was a man of God. He was a worshiper. He was a dear friend. He had he lived so much life. He was full of life. This is May of 2003 where he actually was in an accident with my brother-in-law. I won't spare you the details, but we lost him in that year. Victoria and her mom, dearest friend, one of my dearest friends in college. And man, that could have left a lot of us devastated. And I'm telling you it did, I'm sure it did. We, didn't, we haven't talked about all the details. But when I saw her today coming into our church, I haven't seen you in so long. I just looked at her and I had tears on my eyes and I'm like, my goodness, if, man, God took him early, but I met Caleb the week of his funeral. And I don't know that our paths were crossed and I know that this is just for my gain, but I understand that this is for the purposes of God. That if I didn't experience what I experienced with Rich, if he didn't lead me, he's from Sacramento to friendship with other people in Sacramento, 
I would never have met Caleb. I would never have a family. I wouldn't have had some of the life that he imparted in us to carry out what God has asked us to do. He was a worshiper. He was David. And I know that I took some of that and I understand even today seeing her, I'm reminded that God turns all things together for the good of those who love him. And so I'm grateful to see you here today. I'm grateful for the truth that God is good no matter what, but we have that perspective. We have that understanding when we spend more time in his presence. He loved the presence of God. I love the presence of God. And I'm gonna tell you something that I'm going a little long here, but I want you to know church, there was a moment where Caleb and I looked at each other a couple weeks ago and we were like, are we pastoring the church that he always wanted us to pastor? I think so. What we're experiencing today, the move of God in this place, the move of God in Project Church, the move of God that some of you are experiencing individually is something for his kingdom. And it's only because we understand that he is good. It's only that we understand that he is greater, that he is superior, that we have direct access to him and we can have a life greater than what we can even imagine for ourselves. His presence, His presence. He's asking us in whatever we're experiencing to draw near, don't do more, just be with Him. Just be with Him. His presence transforms. So could you bow your heads in this place? Thank you, Jesus. I believe that there are some here who have drifted some here who are just on the brink of walking away. And God is saying to our hearts, not today, not tomorrow, not ever. So if you feel like you're far from him and you wanna experience his presence and you wanna know him more and you just wanna experience him again, you wanna hear him again, if that's you in this place, I wanna pray over you. So if, if that's you in this place, you feel like you're a distance from God and you just need some prayer and you want to experience him fresh and anew today, would you lift your hands in this place? See those hands, I see those hands, I see those hands. I, these, I see those hands, I see those hands. Anyone else? Can I pray over you? Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for those who lift up their hands and even by reaching up to heaven, Lord, we take that even as a cry for help, a cry for more of you. So Lord, I pray that you would be closer to them today. You already are, but God, increase their awareness of who you are in their lives, how you've never left them, you've never departed from them. Lord, you have great purpose for them and you're gonna complete what you've started in them. So Lord, I pray that you would touch them right now. May they leave this place closer to you than before they walked in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if that's, if you're in this place and you wanna give your life to him, you're saying, man, this is like a very personal relationship, experiencing and 
his presence, like that's just maybe even a new concept or you knew it when you were younger and you walked away from the faith, but now you just wanna have that relationship with God again. If that's you in this place, I'm gonna count to three and give you opportunity to just lift your hand so I can pray with you. Our, our whole church, we're gonna pray together because this is honestly the most important decision you can make to give your life to Jesus and saying, I believe and understand that you are superior and that I'm gonna live for you all the days of my life because it's better with you in it. Relationship with Jesus, you wanna start or you wanna restart with Jesus. If that's you in this place, I wanna pray over you. Would you lift your hands on the count of three? One, two, three. Go ahead, lift your hands. I see those hands, see that hand. Anyone else, I see those hands. Anybody else want a relationship to restart or start a relationship with him? Okay, church, everybody in this place, would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here today. I accept you in my life. I confess my need of you. Change me from the inside out. Make me new and heal me. I love you, Jesus. Give me the strength to live for you for the rest of my life. Your precious name, amen, 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 amen. Come on, why don't we stand in this place? Some people made the most important decision they could make. They surrendered to Jesus, made him Lord of their lives. Could we just give praise to the Lord? We praise him, his presence changes us, but I don't want you to leave and I don't want you to leave thinking like it's just the same thing next week. Why don't you come, there's some prayer partners who are gonna make their way up here. If you could pray with them, they will cement this decision that you made and make it more real um, when we hold each other accountable in the body of Christ. But come on, let's just say one more song to just, just close up this time with Jesus and a, it's an exclamation point on what he did here today, amen? Come on, let's sing. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.